welcome to Resilience Found, a podcast of stories shared in hopes to inspire, encourage, and most importantly, let others know they are not alone. Everyone has a story to tell. Do you want to tell yours? Good afternoon, and today I am so excited to be talking with Rachel Salzberg, CEO and owner of Facets Coaching, and also the founder of the podcast series, Community and Movement, The Resoul Revolution. Rachel is located in Hood River, Oregon, and Rachel, warm welcome to you. Thank you. I am so honored to be here, Andrea. It is, it is such an honor, and I, I look forward to our conversation. Me too. And I just have to tell our listeners that this episode and recording is very special to me because Rachel is someone that has been a huge impact and helpful to me when essentially when uh, a point in my life when my career was turned upside down right at the beginning of COVID. And I literally said to myself, what am I going to do now? And in talking to uh, a friend of mine here in Seattle, she recommended Rachel to me, talked about how impactful she was for her. And honestly, Rachel really helped me come out of my shell and helped me have the confidence to even start this podcast. So I have been so excited to have this recording and talk with her. And we thought that it would be awesome to talk about life transitions because that's exactly what I've been going through, still am going through. Um, she's also been going through. And it's definitely something that I think a lot of people, like I know a lot of people even personally are going through just from the times that we've been living in since, you know, especially since early 2020. So Rachel, thank you so much for being here. And I'm really excited to kick this off, like where you're at now and what's gotten you here. And, and of course, how the whole transition that you've been going through has made you more resilient. Yeah, no, thank you. It's, it's fascinating is, you know, one of my favorite topics as a, as a career and leadership coach is transition, right? Whether it's transitioning into a new role or, trans, or being promoted into a new role or leaving a company, et cetera. There, there comes so much um, in terms of emotion and feelings and it really brings up kind of a lot of fear often and and people it, human beings are typically don't like change and even if it's an amazing change there's always the unknown right and, mm -hmm. and as you've said you know there are so many people um, going through some major transitions in the past kind of year and a half. And um, we've, and, and there's this kind of underlying edge of transition as we continue to speak with what's going to happen with COVID and, and are kids going to be able to go back to school or stay in school? And are, are people needing to go back to the office or not? And we're all in this limbo place. Um, so we're, we, you know, all, all and, and then here we are closing out summer, you know, and that's also a transition. And so- mm -hmm. For me, it's interesting as I think a lot of people have done um, as a over the uh, past year and a half is to really take stock and decide what do I really want out of this life and what transition do I want to make and how can I make it intentionally as an example oh well we don't necessarily have to go back into the office and and where do I want to live how do I want to live and so really living out identifying purpose and living out values and that kind of sparked me to embark upon a, a huge life transition which meant to move state after 24 years 
years of being in the Seattle area and to do something, uh, my partner and I, to uh, buy some land and, and build a home, which is a huge transition. And so it's, been, it's been interesting. And, and within that, there's been a lot that has come up that I had to kind of pull and leverage out of my own toolbox of how to stay grounded and centered within transition. And I, um, in between this, our we sold our condo um, in in uh, the Kirkland area after you know years, and it happened so quickly that suddenly we're like, oh my god, our heads were spinning, right? What? And then where do we go? We couldn't get into the house we were going to be renting for a few months, so we went back to Boulder, Colorado, my hometown, fortuitously, and and in simultaneously, my father's in a transition, transitioning into memory care and now into hospice, and so I looked at that as in itself as a transition being able to go back to my hometown and to really take a look at what transition meant. And I wrote an article on it, actually. And and what came to me was when we're in transition, we're in this in-between times. And it's the slowing down that is the gifts and the nuggets that what can we find in the transition, because so often we're waiting to get to the other side. And when this will happen, then we'll be happier. When this is over, I'll be more relaxed. We say these things to ourselves, but what what if we slow down and be aware of what's happening to ourselves and what can we let go of in that transition? How do we stay grounded and centered and, and, and what are the nuggets? And so some of the nuggets that I recognized in that transition was um, in, in, in really taking the opportunity. Wow. I'd never had the opportunity to spend time with my mom solo for, you know, a few months and then spending that time with my dad in a very different peaceful way, coming back to, um, as an adult and then savoring this type of transition and, and getting to know myself and my mom and in a different way and while kind of taking advantage of this limbo place. And so there were some, it was one of the most pivotal, best experiences I've ever had also hard and scary. And so here I am now in Hood River, Oregon, in another sort of transitions um, in a house um, that we're renting for the next year while we start to build our new home. And suddenly we find ourselves in a new place after 24 years. And that's in itself a process of transition. So how it's, 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 it's so how to stay grounded and centered within it is kind of what I'm practicing. And, and I've kind of come to really slowing down as a superpower and and what has also kept me grounded and centered is realizing and believing that the statement that I keep coming up with is love. Everything else is an illusion. So when we are in a place of self-love, when we're in a place of what do we love doing for our work? What do we love doing, out, whether it's in nature or whatever it is, that feeling place? And then we start to feel safe, grounded, and centered. So that transition becomes way less daunting. So those are the kinds of things that I've been playing around with in this transition. It is. And, you know, listening to you say about slowing down and I know, I think initially when there's a big something, a catalyst for change, right? Yeah, like whether it's losing a job or COVID or, you know, a death in the family, something of that nature, it really makes you stop and go, whoa, where's my life going? What am I doing? <laughs> and we think that we take time, right, to listen to that right? during normal times, right? I mean, I'm doing air quotes, which nobody can see, but, right. and then 
when you're forced to, like one of the favorite things you had said to me was, well, look at this as a forced opportunity, mm-hmm. right? To really take stock of what's important to you. What do you enjoy doing? Like, just like you were saying, what really makes you happy? Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, things were stressful, but I had all this time with my son, for instance, that I didn't, you know, I was traveling all the time. I didn't necessarily, you know, I always had that guilt in the back of my head that I didn't have that time with him. And, you know, there's different things that you realize that maybe you're missing out on or it's me time or whatever it happens to be stuff that you kind of shovel off to the side. Yeah. And yeah. So true. And I love that, that, that what you talked about in terms of one of my favorite kind of sayings is as you, this catalyst, what's a catalyst for change and whether it's a forcing function or a cat. And when I look at transition is it's a catalyst for transformation. So there's always a nugget and always a gift if we allow ourselves to slow down and identify it and to really take stock. As you said, it's like, what are my core values? And what, and we're so, and, and what do I care about? How do I want to live my life? And how do I take inspired action to make those things happen? But in order to do that, we have to, we have to really take stock and plan. And um, when I say plan, really kind of become aware of what, what we have been doing because of the shoulds or the things we think we should. And we've been so as a society, you know, go, 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 do, 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 but where do we get to be, 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 and then to create awareness and to understand where we can let go of different ways of being that have not served us. And how can we create that, this, this in-between time an opportunity to change the way that in, in ways that is going, you know, going to serve us. So, so you're absolutely right in terms of taking stock and um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. And I think too, you know, and I'm sure you've seen this, uh, I'm sure our listeners have heard this, the great resignation, right. Mm, yeah. And I think COVID, you know, for better or worse has forced everything you were just saying to take stock of what's most important. Am I really happy doing what I'm doing? And a lot of people are saying no, (laughs) you know, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very interesting time uh, in a lot of ways and a lot of ways, you know, obviously on one end of this, one end of the spectrum, not good with all of the deaths and that we're still in this thing, but on the other flip, flip of the coin or flip side, you want to say that things are, people really are slowing down and being mindful of what is important to me. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to go to the office every day anymore. I don't want to have a nine to five, you know, traveling 80% of the time, never with my family type of role or whatever it is. Right. And I think that's, it's a very interesting thing to be a part of and also be watching others do. Right. So It's fascinating you bring that up. It's like it's 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 you know not only am I myself experiencing I'm I'm grateful and lucky enough where I've designed my career where I can work from anywhere. But my clients are those who are often in companies or working in the office. And mm-hmm. I was talking to um, a client of mine this morning. He's a VP of um, student life at a university in California, and he was talking about the same thing that like 
our challenge as a as a as an institution we can't get people to come back to the office and how have we managed we haven't done a good job managing that transition for people to come back in and no law and we're losing people right and left because um, people have kind of taken stock and decided but then how as an institution can we be more empathetic and create more flexible work situations so that people can allow themselves to take stock because no longer is this old paradigm working. And not only is it a kind of a, say, a university institution, I see this a lot with companies that people are resisting going back in the same way of being. And so I think that it's so critical to, you know, leverage this quote, new normal and understand how we can shift our paradigm. But as humans, you know, we, we, we hang on to what we, what's familiar, but if we can throw everything up in the air and figure out a way to leverage transition and, and that growth and cr to create new ways of operating, then people will then shine. And so that is a gift for individually and collectively. Oh, I love that. And I, I love how eloquently, not only, you know, are you articulating how you look at transitions, but also even in your article you wrote. And so my question would be, how did you, how did you come to figure this out for yourself? How did you come to recognize these things? Yeah. Well, you know, the hard way in some ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I always say, as I found my path, I want to help others find theirs, but help people in a in, in a less kind of suffering way. I think, you know, me, I'm I'm someone who's a creature of habit and someone who resists change, even if the if it's an amazing change. And so, I don't like disruption. Um, and so I had to get really clear on why, why, you know, and it was really kind of fear and in some sense, safety, right? What is my safety? Do I feel um, kind of when I'm not grounded and centered, I don't feel safe. I, I, you know, what is the uncertainty? And especially with, with, you know, COVID has really questioned our safety, right? And that's reality. And so how do, how do I stay grounded and centered? And so the only way that I could get safe in my own head and through a transition was to find that place of home and home is within self, right? And so my home metaphorically and situationally has been in big transition. And so how, so where could I come home? So home is in within myself. And that means feeling love. What makes me happy? What is it that I do that kind of makes me kind of more relaxed, whether it's through meditation, through getting out into nature, through writing. I have my own self-discipline of every morning kind of identifying an affirmation or statement. I listened to a, a podcast series recently by Jay Shetty. He is he wrote mm -hmm. the book Think Like a Monk and, yes. and he has this great acronym called TIME. And this is something I coach around a lot, but I recognize it was such a great acronym. So gratitude, being thankful, being thankful for what you have now. His acronym is TIME. And then um, inspiration. So I, you know, identifying a, an amazing quote or a video or anything that inspires you before diving into your day and throughout the day to keep you grounded and centered. And then meditation. And it's not that you necessarily have to meditate all the time in terms of a traditional sense, but just quieting your mind, looking at a flower, looking at a tree, you know, that taking five minutes to do that. And then of course, exercise. And so those fundamentals, like baseline fundamentals, it's not rocket science, but oftentimes we put those away when we move into fear. And 
and we don't create that space for ourselves. So I think that those are the the critical aspects to keep grounded and centered because you get clarity and perspective. And when those places of gratitude every morning, I have my little gratitude, three things that I'm grateful for that I, even if it's hard, even when it's in, I'm not feeling in a, in a centered place that keeps me coming back to, even if it's a, the sunshine. And so then I can manage through transition with much more confidence and ease, um, leveraging a discipline and a ritual around those things. And how do you best black out the noise? I mean, there's so much negativity, whether it's, you know, something that you're experiencing yourself, maybe um, rejection from clients or rejection from jobs or or what have you, or, or other individuals. And then also what we see in the news and, you know, what we just, the people surrounding us in our lives, what they're experiencing, right? Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you manage that and keep yeah. yourself so grounded? That's so, it's such a great question because there's so much noise out there, right? In the news and what's happening and what do we got to do and whether we should get vaccinated again or whatever, right? It's, it's, there's so much out there. And so I think, um, setting boundaries is one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves is tuning out the noise, knowing enough, but then tuning it out. So it's, and, and, um, so, you know, putting some parameters around how often you listen to the news. Um, the other part is surrounding yourself with positive people. The other part is, you know, like I said, get, for me, my medicine is getting out into nature because it puts everything into perspective. I feel it, it's funny. I had this experience where in Boulder, we are hiking on the trail that I've hiked numerous times. And um, I look up and I see a bear right in front of me. And for some reason, I I stayed more grounded and centered. I was not afraid. I am more afraid getting out onto the highway and to, you know, but that helped me kind of put things into perspective. It's so fascinating. Everybody's got their different ways of where they feel safe or not safe. And so if I can stay grounded and centered when I see a bear and I'm safe still, <laughs> then it is that help help ground me. And um, it's okay. It most likely will be okay. And, and so the other part is kind of putting this little bubble around myself. And when I say, I'm not saying separating myself, it's just this kind of visualization that I'm when I kind of that back to that place where I kind of said at home I'm safe inside with love I'm safe inside with home I'm safe inside when I with my my think about my animals so it comes back really to that feeling place and so that's kind of um, tuning it's pausing and redirecting whenever there's negativity whether you're negative thoughts or negativity that's outside of you um, it's pausing and redirecting interrupting through coming back to center with kind of this place of coming back to love and a grounded place. I love that. I do. And I love the bear story. <laughs> I don't know that I would have had the same reaction. <laughs> I, I was shocked at myself actually that I, how am I speed, how, And it, it's just fascinating because everybody's different. Um, how do I feel more safe in the outdoors and in nature with a bear in front of me, literally than I do on a highway. And then it just like, I can bring that same safety to that that experience and so again we are not our mind but we can create our mind um, and we can create it through kind of positive self-talk and that feeling place and that kind of comes back to something you and i have talked about a lot is that body emotion language each can be 
used as an entry point to stay grounded and centered. So I have a mantra, I'm relaxed, I'm calm, I'm confident. I imagine myself when I'm in nature that brings in the emotion and what happens and physiologically it calms my body. So that constant practice is how to keep that negativity um, kind of in, in, in perspective. No, that's, you're right. We did talk a lot about that. And that is something I will fully admit I catch myself and I can tell when I'm not centered, as you put it, yeah. or that yeah. something's off. I'm, I'm like, okay, Andrea, it's time to go for a walk. Okay. <laughs> time to take a few deep breaths. That's it. You know, time to, uh, I got away last weekend. I went to the beach by myself and great. it was great. Uh, on Saturday and just sat in the sun. And I think sometimes you just need that, that time. And when you become, it's self-awareness, right. To know when you're, when you're just not on your game exactly. and knowing you need that time. And how, how have you experienced when navigating transition? Like what are some things that, whether it's a mistake you've made or you've seen clients make that you're like, Ooh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> that, that are common mistakes that are made, would you say? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think the biggest and something that I used to try and do because I didn't, I don't like change, um, but we have, you know, life is evolving is to try and get over it too quickly. Right. So it's that those in between spaces to allow it to organically happen. And it's amazing to see what shows up. And so that, again, going back to slowing down is that superpower and trusting those in between spaces to then like be shocked in a great way and surprised of the gifts that come. Like as an example, I was kind of kicking and screaming like, oh, we don't have a place to live. We don't have a home. And now my dad's here and I have to help my mom and he's going to pass away. And so moving out of victim mode to slowing down and enjoying the moments of this transition and learning by getting to know my mom on a totally different level to getting to know myself on a totally different level to spending that peaceful time with my dad and to um you know leverage to, to to really trust and stay grounded in the process so oftentimes we need to for we feel like we need to force it to be over or force it to get to the other side and so um one of the it's kind of letting go and surrendering to the process i think is one of the biggest things that i've learned through this and that i see people resisting the transition and so getting on it, it's also getting unattached from necessarily the outcome to allowing an outcome that may be different one from what you thought, because most of the time it is going to be different. And so allowing for that space to happen. Well, that's, I think those are great points. And I, I do remember you even telling me that, because I remember asking you, well, how did you get into doing what you do now? And you had said, well, you know, I, I was working and then. Uh, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you were working years ago in recruiting maybe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that wasn't really fulfilling and, or you didn't feel that it was. Yep. And I think, was it a layoff or something had happened? And then you ended up moving to Whidbey Island and making jewelry. And you're like, and I did that. And it was great for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it's the gifts of transition, like, you know, whether it's a layoff or like, as you said, a forced fu forcing function that is a catalyst to like, okay, well, how can I shift and change? So you're right. I was in, I, I've had a number of transitions in my life, um, which, and so that's where the resilience comes in is so learning how to manage through it with more resilience, confidence, and ease. And so whether it's a job transition, a layoff, a divorce, a sickness, a death, um, there are these elements that um, I've learned over the years that I always come out better <laughs> in, and stronger and in a better situation. And so to remember and trust the process, whether it's kind of, I don't know whether we want to call it the universal flow of what, but just mm -hmm. trusting that things work out the way they should and to allow it to versus resist it. Um, because oftentimes we, as someone who is a creature of habit, resists change, even if it's for the better. Right. And so um, trusting that process and then and then just kind of letting it go and redirecting. OK, well, that's done. So let me kind of slow down and then redirect. And then I know when I redirect, slow down, let the inspired action come to you with clarity and then you can take action. Makes perfect sense. It sounds so easy, but when we're in it, right? <laughs> right. And yes. And so it's, it, and, and something you said earlier, it's like, you know, we all, we're human beings. So we're all going to get knocked off track and we're only going to do our best given the situation. So if we're exhausted and depleted, you know, one of those things to manage your transition is to take care of yourself, eating well, sleeping well, meditating, exercise, all that kind of stuff. So less is more, um, especially. And so rather than to kind of you know, in my mind, before I made this transition, I've got to pack, I've got to move, we've got to do this. Or da, da, da. And I was so drained and so exhausted. It was such a great reminder. So how quickly we can get back to center. So we get knocked off track. So what are the tools that we can get ourselves back to center as quickly as we can? And leveraging our indicators of feeling off anxiety, depression, exhaustion as indicators that that's time to pause and stop, period, not to push through. Right. Well, that's self-care is very important. And that was one of the things you had told me too, is put yourself first without conviction. Right. When it's you need time, point. don't feel guilty about it. Yep. Love it. And to let go of guilt and obligation and putting yourself first because it's, you know, kind of that metaphor of putting your oxygen mask on first and then you can take care of people, period. It's and true. So you know, transition, if you can go back and go back to that love place, self-love that it, everything else is an illusion, right? Just get back to self-love and manage through with, and you can manage through much more easily when we go there. Yeah. And I think at least for me, it's something that I have to, and I am assuming making an assumption here, probably for a lot of women, especially that that's something that's ever evolving. Like right. you can't just flip on the switch and that's it. Like, oh, I'm always going to put myself first and I'm never going to feel guilty again about right. doing that because it, it surfaces, it's there. You see it, you acknowledge it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It takes know. the pressure off when we're hard on ourselves, then it makes it worse. It's kind of like looking at a car accident. You can't stop looking at it. Right. And when we're hard on ourselves, it's kind of exactly the same thing. It actually makes it worse. Right. And, and so, or, or to say the, what are the, one of the things that, um, that reminds me of using what I call clean words. So rather than saying I should, or I try, or I don't want to feel like this, right? To I strive, I want to, I can feel relaxed, calm, and confident as an example. And so being aware of the language and the words that we're using is also really critical for that. 
Very true. And another thing that I'm always reminding myself and catching myself on, you know, um, practice makes perfect, right? Right. And we're always evolving. So the other part of what you were just saying is we're, we're never done and we're always peeling the onion. And so that also takes the pressure and, and having some compassion with self, right? That take being less hard on ourselves. We're human. Yes, most definitely. And what, you know, on the subject of resilience, what would you say, like, how have transitions overall built resilience for you? And like, how have you noticed that? Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing is like, I feel like I can get through anything. I know I can get through anything where in the past I I haven't felt like that. And so every time I come out better, I can look at every transition, uh, no matter how small or how big, I always land on my feet and I always come out the other side. And so just trusting yourself and believing that you will, this too shall pass. It's only transition. And what are the gifts, right? So that's the resilience piece that I, I know I can do it. I know I can do it. And I know I'm going to be stronger for it. Um, and so that's the self-talk and the belief system that um, builds the resilience in order to manage through transition. I like that a lot. This too shall pass. And what are the gifts? Yeah. That's, um, you always hear people say, well, don't worry, you know, it's going to get better. It's going to, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, but nobody really says, well, what are the gifts? Yeah. So I like that. And those are the spaces, the slowing down. What are the spaces in between that we can kind of reflect on? What What is the nugget here that I'm learning about? What is it about it that I can let, what are, what are the things that I can let go of that aren't serving me anymore? You know, and without, without, without slowing down, we'll never get there, right? We'll never create that awareness. No, you're absolutely right. That's very true. You either stay the hamster in the wheel, yeah. doing what's, you know, potentially not fulfilling you in some way or you decide to change. Yep, exactly. Changes. That's it. And 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 I think you nailed it right there. It's a decision, right? These are all decisions versus being um, reactive and managed by our emotions. We have way more control with our belief systems that feed our feelings and emotions so that we make a decision to feel different, to be different. And that takes intention and that takes slowing down to really get there and practice, practice and discipline, slowing down, practice and discipline. Practice and discipline. And so for you, is it every day you set aside time? I know you have your, your three things, your mantra, Mm -hmm. Um, you try to get it out into nature. Now, is that every day or like, what's what's the Rachel plan? Yeah. My, my, (laughs) as I move through the day and it's funny, everybody who, who kind of knows me because like, they'll say, I know you're on your run, but I'm texting you now or, you know, whatever. It's like, I, I'm very predictable because I, it's like brushing my teeth. I, I wake up, I have my, um, little, my journal that I've written visualizations around. How do I, how do I, how do I want to feel? When am I at my best, you know, um, visualizing. And so I go through that for maybe five minutes, kind of back to that inspiration piece to doing a short meditation. Sometimes it's a guided meditation. Sometimes it's on my own. 
And then I, you know, and having my coffee and most of the time I'll, um, no matter what, every single day I get out period, like to, to get out into nature and whether it's a hike or walk or run. And so those are, those are the things that I implement every single day. And it doesn't mean that it's taking more time out. It's actually making me way more productive, way more grounded and centered and clear. And when I don't do that, which is rare, I feel really off. And so the, I think the most important thing, like everybody knows me and my priority, which is a non-negotiable is the self-care period. Yeah. I mean, that's, it all makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And my last question for you, I feel like I could just like talk about this stuff all day, but (laughs) my last question is what going in for someone out there that might be going through a major transition, whether it's career, life, what have you, is there any piece of advice that you wish you would have had going through either a recent one or past one yourself? Is there any advice that you would lend that you wish you would have known and that in turn helped build resilience and so forth? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, there's so much out there I wish I would have known. But I think I was thinking about this actually this morning. I think again, like because I I was on my run the other day and I I saw a chalkboard or a a piece of kind of written on a a wall and it had a heart with love in it. And I was actually going to start writing an article on it. And it was like, what did that mean for me? And what I recognized is that love is no matter what, going through transition, you are loved and supported. And whether it's, that means loving yourself through it, um, allowing others to support you through it, there are people to support you through transition. And, um, And that creates this feeling of safety. And so you know, when we are, when we're going through transition and change and, and uncertainty, our, our safety is questioned, right, as human beings. And so one of the biggest things, and, and um, I'm recognizing, and, and even more important now, especially in time, like times like this with COVID, where our, our safety is really questioned, is that you are loved, safe, and supported. And, and, and that is providing yourself love and then seeking out support and allowing, asking for help. Oftentimes we think we have to go it alone, but people are there to support. And so that those are the biggest nuggets that you don't have to go through transition alone. That is very true. And I think it's an easy thing. It's easy to fall into feeling alone. Yeah. No one's going to understand. People aren't going to empathize. Right. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets me. Right. And, and it's, you're right. You're it's right. building a community around it. Right. And, and, and as you said, like that personal is universal. And oftentimes when we think we're alone, there's someone else going through something very similar. And so reaching out to people, finding support systems, building a community, finding a coach, you know, those are the kinds of things that I would say um, are so critical that you don't have to go it alone. Definitely. And it's definitely good to have that objective perspective, whether it's from friends or partner, spouse, family, or uh, a coach like yourself, like how you were for me. I think it's just, yeah, you have to figure out what works for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But you definitely get through it. 
is yes, no matter what, you will get through this with a new nugget of perspective, a new gift, um, and a new learning. Most importantly, it's that growth mindset. You know, resilience, I believe, is also this growth mindset. So rather than being fixed, you know, as Carol Dweck says in her book, we how do we shift and transition into and developing this growth mindset, which means being open to learning and change. Well said. <laughs> I am so grateful for your time today. You know, you had so many to steal your word nuggets of information that, you know, even reminding me that, hey, there's things, Andrew, you got to keep working on here. Absolutely. And, and we each, no matter who you are, how, how much work we do right on ourselves, it's like, we remind each other. And so all coaches have coaches or all, you know, it's, 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 talking about this stuff is reminding each other. So it's present in and top of mind. So that's that you've helped me do that as well. So thank you. And it's been such an honor. Um, thank you for creating the space to have this conversation. And it's it's been such a, a pleasure uh, talking with you.